Hey, believers, it's Dr. Shantae, and today's episode is brought to you by the DYOB Experience. DYOB stands for Design Your Own Brand, and it is the only full-scale branding makeover experience in the country. This year, we are accepting applications for the 2016 cycle. You can find out more about it at dyobexperience.com. DYOB is for you if you are tired of attending overpriced, overhyped, overcrowded conferences that leave you with little more than selfies, business cards, and a long list of to-dos. DYOB completely transforms that experience and you walk away with tangible resources that you can start to use to accelerate your results right away. So make sure you check that out at dyobexperience.com. Again, D as in David, Y-O-B as in boy, experience.com. And if you're interested, make sure that you apply before November 23rd. Hello, Believers. This is Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another episode of Branding for Believers, the podcast that equips entrepreneurs and influencers with the courage and the faith to believe bigger. I am super excited about our guest today because one of his articles, that's actually how I came to know him and started to follow his brand, that he wrote in the Huffington Post was phenomenal. And that article was 20 successful habits I learned working for two billionaires. So how often does somebody get to do that? And the more that I began to follow his brand, I just began to see what a phenomenal influencer he is for entrepreneurs. And that is none other than Paul C. Brunson, who has the best bio. This is the best (laughs) short bio I have ever seen. Um, If you go to paulcbrunson.com, it says that he is a husband, father, mentor, and mentee the host of a weekly syndicated TV show, founder of an award-winning matchmaking agency, CEO and co-founder of a tech startup, and advisor to several companies. If you couldn't tell from his jobs, he's Jamaican. No, really, (laughs) he's Jamaican. So, Paul, (laughs) welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you very much, Dr. Shante. I appreciate that. So, do tell, you do have a lot going on. So, what are you doing currently? Oh, man, I am uh, participating in a great interview with you. All <laughs> right. right. Um, but uh, I, I am. I'm, I'm, I, I'm doing a lot. I think this is almost the state of the, uh, the new age entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, you know, I've always believed, though, that, uh, that you want to have focus. I'm a big believer in focus and, and doing fewer things. Uh, but there's also power in having diversity of your portfolio as an entrepreneur. And so... Uh, you know, I always look at my kind of life as, as focusing on four things. You know, I'm, I'm focused on, uh, my, uh, my, my big baby right now, which is, uh, a, a tech startup that my brother and I put together called Convo, uh, which is a social network for multicultural entrepreneurs. We just launched it. We have a full-time team that's working on it. Every, uh, bit of money that I have from my other you know, endeavors goes to this one. And so this is something that's near and dear to my heart. So, uh, so convo is kind of, you know, one big category. Uh, another big category is what really started it all, uh, which is our matchmaking agency. So we have, uh, really an award winning agency. We, we, we picked up tons of awards this last year. Uh, we have clients all over the United States. It's one of the, uh, most respected matchmaking agencies in the world. And so, uh, we, we focus on that. And there's a, a team of 12 
that work on that. Uh, the third kind of big chunk is that uh, I am, um, you know, I'm always either speaking or, uh, you know, somewhere participating in some event. Last night I was at an event, tomorrow I'm at an event. And so, uh, so that live participation, uh, kind of what we call ground activation, that's, that's a big part of my life. And then last but not least is, uh, is television. Uh, I am, uh, I host a show for Black Enterprise called Our World. We, uh, it's a syndicated show. It's in 152 markets where we interview the top newsmakers, uh, in the African American space. And then I also, uh, just signed a deal where I'm going to be on, uh, network television hosting my own primetime show in 2016. And we just started pre-production on that two days ago. <laughs> so, wow. uh, and so, uh, that, yeah, that's coming. It's coming the holiday season 2016. And so, so we're busy, but uh, but those are my the, my primary focus point focal points right now. Wow, that is saying a lot, and it kind of brings us to the first question in our interview, which is nobody starts there, right? <laughs> nobody sure. comes out of the gate doing all of these wonderful things, and so I want you to kind of roll the tape back to a time where you had to make some critical decisions, where you had to exercise some faith and determine whether or not you were going to go this entrepreneurial route or whether you were going to go with a road that was a little bit more traditional. So can you take us to a time in your journey where you had to exercise some real faith? Sure, sure. I mean, you know, I started actually on the traditional route. Uh, so I, um, you know, out of college, I was an investment banker mm-hmm. and, uh, I, I, you know, worked for other people for, you know, a good amount of time, but working for myself or really pursuing my own passions is something that is, is really critical. But I want to say this is that, you know, the definition of entrepreneur, uh, lots of people, um, I, I think almost get entrepreneurship wrong. Okay. In that, uh, the thought is, is that, you know, entrepreneurship is like, it's just making money or, you know, entrepreneurship is just working for yourself. Um, or, you know, entrepreneurship is pursuing your passion. Like there's all of these definitions, but, mm-hmm. uh, there's a Harvard business school professor named Howard Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And in 1975, he created what I think is one of the best definitions around entrepreneurship. And that is, is the pursuit of opportunity without regard to controlled resources, right? The pursuit of opportunity without regard to controlled resources. And really all that means is that you can make something out of something very little, right? Without having a lot of, uh, a a lot of, you know, money or, or without having a lot of access, without having just a lot of resources, you can create something. You can create something real. You can create something of value. And if you accept that definition, that's something that I like, right? That means that you could be an entrepreneur and still work for someone else, right? You could be an entrepreneur and be in a nonprofit organization, right? You could be an entrepreneur and still have to report to someone else. And so that definition, so to, but, but to get right down to the meat of your question of like exercising faith within that is just, I believe, just believing that you are built to be the entrepreneur because if you are pursuing opportunity without regard to resources being controlled, it means that every bit of your pursuit, right? Every bit of your walk is going to be challenged, 
right? It's going to be constrained. You're going to get pushback. There's going to be, you know, every bit of it. There's no part within that journey where you won't feel resistance. And so faith is being able to continue to walk through that resistance, not even knowing that you're going to reach that opportunity, right? Wow. Um, but, you know, belief is actually what, that, that's what delivers you through. But, uh, but, but, you know, but, but that's just, I think that's just, that's just the key part of it. You know, so for me, every single day, I, I swear to you, Dr. Shante, like every day there's something that comes up that's tragic. Like I think a big part of entrepreneurship is you put out fires, like we're yes. firefighters, <laughs> yes. right? Um, and you just put out fires. And so there's some issue and multiple issues that pop up. And so that resistance is there. But but knowing that at the end of the day, you're going to win. You're destined to win. You're built to win, right? And everyone around you is. That's, I think, a good driver to pushing at least me through. So you're talking about resistance and fires and you're right. There is no easy path, escalator, smooth ride to success, not even for people that have unlimited resources, because you're right. There's always going to be something. But for you, can you give us an example of resistance where you were like, oh, boy, (laughs) I'm going to have to dig deep to get over this one? When I started the matchmaking agency with my wife, Mm -hmm. uh, we used all of our money. So we took all of our savings. And in the first year, we basically, uh, we were doing diligence, right? So lots of research and we didn't roll out our products yet. And so we were not making any money. We spent all of our money, boom, gone, done, first year. Mm -hmm. By the second year, it rolled around and we started launching our services. Uh, we were not making enough money. And so we had to make the decision that every person that is a, uh, you know, entrepreneur, but entrepreneur meaning from the sense of not working for a company, right? Mm-hmm. But entrepreneur creating your own products and services. We had to make the decision of, well, do we go back? and get, get a nine to five or do we continue to go through and push and know that, oh yeah, um, we won't be able to pay the mortgage and oh yeah, we're going to have to. And so we were like, no, 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 that's what we're going to do. We're not going to pay the mortgage. So we went through months without paying our mortgage. We went through months with just deciding, oh, you know what? We don't really need to pay that bill you know, for the next five months. Right. Wow. <laughs> we, uh, we, uh, we sold our cars at that point. We had two cars, sold the cars. Um, we were like, okay, we could just, you know, walk, take, take public transportation, you know, that kind of thing. We, we, um, you know, I love to tell the story. I was, uh, I love to tell the story now. I didn't like tell, I actually didn't tell it back in the day is if you Google my name, so Paul C. Brunson and you put in Paul C. Brunson, t- 2009, 2010 and 2011, mm-hmm. any image you see of me is going to be me in a black suit, black tie, white shirt. And a lot of people then were saying, oh, this is cool. Paul's getting his men in black on, his coming out <laughs> west on. Like, that's what he's trying to do. But in actuality, I could not afford a second suit. Wow. So I only had one suit and I had two shirts. That's it. And so... 
I would only wear that. And no one questioned. They thought that was just my, my, you know, my signature style. look, right? A signature look, but it was because I couldn't afford it. And so, I mean, there's a million and one tough decisions we had to make in all of those years and we continue to make. But, you know, when you're in a, at a place where you've gone four months without paying your mortgage and they're about to, you know, they're starting foreclosure, right? Where, you know, you, you didn't pay your electric bill, right? Because you had to pay your phone bill to keep your phone on because that was more important than paying the electric bill, right? right. Where you've got to go out and, you know, you go shave over at some at your friend's house, right? Mm-hmm. Or you use the electric clippers over at your friend's house. You know, when you only have one suit, when you're in an industry that that's matchmaking where all of your friends and family are making fun of you because, you know, you went to business school, but now you're, you're matchmaking, right? It, 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 you, you could feel as if it's time to give up. Yeah. But what separates in my mind the real entrepreneurs from the fake entrepreneurs is that despite all of that, there's a level of resilience that says, you know what? I'm going to continue. I am going to persist. Boom. You know, let me pull a couple of things out of what you just said. So believers, for those of you listening, what Paul is talking about is something in the academic world that we call grit. Nowadays, they're offering uh, college students these grit tests because grit, meaning tenacity, the ability to be resilient and push through and to live in your not yet instead of your right now is what Paul is talking about. And that is faith. That is definitely bucking the conventional systems and conventional wisdom because you were that invested in your dream, that invested in your business. And the fact that your wife was on board too is phenomenal because, you know, spouses that can be a challenge with that sort of thing. They're like, wait a minute, hold up, hold up. (laughs) Um, This was cute. And that was a nice little project, but I need you to pay the mortgage or you need to go and get a job or you need to go and get three jobs is what you need to do. And not everybody is that supportive. So the fact that that you all were that committed is a real testament of your relationship and your tenacity, which actually brings us to our, our second question. So you went through all of that, not paying bills, shaving at your friend's house. What was the confirmation that you had done the right thing. So after all of those sacrifices that you had made, what was the moment when you were like, I'm so glad we pushed through? Well, the, the fact that you, so I think this is one, this is a great, great question because at the end of the day, and I really want to underscore this is that while the grit is necessary, Mm -hmm. right? We also, we can't have, you know, this blindness to, to, uh, to, uh, <laughs> I'll call it blindness to inevitable failure. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Where, you know, like there are projects that we've all worked on where inevitably they're going to fail. Right. And right. so you want to be able to pull out of those as quickly as possible. And so I'm not talking about pushing through to that, but this is why I think your question is so great is because it's like, how do you know if you're pushing through to something that is great or it's time to hang it up? Mm-hmm. And, just, you know, me personally, what I saw is that I, so, you know, I think real entrepreneurship is also about solving a problem, 
right? Mm -hmm. It's creating a solution to solve a problem. That's at the end of the day, that's what it is. And I always say, if you want to be a millionaire, create a solution to solve a problem for a million people, right? Right. Want to be a billionaire, create a solution to solve a problem for a billion people. It's, It's that simple, right? Right. And so for me, there was a problem that I specifically had identified and my wife was on board with that problem. And that's what helps us together because we were unified in our mission, right? We were unified in our goal, mm-hmm. our objective. And what, w- what was happening is that even though the money wasn't coming in, right? Even though things were hard, we saw slight progress, ever so slight progress. Every week that would go by, we could look back at the former week and say, you know what? We're closer. Right. We're, we're, we're perfecting our product. We're getting better feedback. We're headed in the right direction. Right. And the whole key is that, are you making progress? And progress doesn't necessarily mean, mean that today was better than yesterday because mm-hmm. today might not be better than yesterday. But when you look at the course of a week, when you look at the course of a month, was that week or was that was the month was the trend better? than the previous week or the previous month. And when you begin to then line up all of these weeks and all of these months and you see a trend pointing in the direction of up, pointing in the direction of it's getting better, that is what to me is a huge signal that we're going to get there. We just need to be able to have that grit that you're talking about in order to get to the destination. No, I think that's incredibly important. And and thank you for clarifying that because you're right. (laughs) There are projects that we have worked on and it just was not meant to be uh, something that I talk about with my clients a lot is, are you doing something that is in alignment with what you have really been called to do? And right. sometimes we pursue things that because it seems popular or trendy, I have clients that uh, for a season were into the uh, flipping houses market because it seemed like at one point that was the thing to do and realized later we had no business doing this. Um, right. But that's very different from what you're talking about, which is creating a solution to a problem and being committed to the people that that solves a problem for being committed to how that's going to change lives, being committed to how that's going to, be bigger than you. So it's not just money. It's about people making genuine connections and you providing a means to do that. Um, something else that you said that I wanted to pick up on was this notion. If you want to be a millionaire, solve a problem for a million people. If you want to be a billionaire, solve a problem for a billion people, which brings me back to the article that you wrote (laughs) for the Huffington Post about working for two billionaires. So I have to ask the question, the two billionaires that you worked with, what problem did they solve? So uh, one is Enver Ugel. Uh, the second is, is Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. And Enver Ugel, I spoke or I worked with for the longest period of time. And with Enver, so it was five years. And with Enver, Enver is specifically focused around not just education, but empowering those through education who have been marginalized, mm-hmm. right? That's his, that's his life focus. He started that in the Black Sea of Turkey, very, very impoverished area, moved to Istanbul, created private uh, schools that received corporate funding, but yet uh, provided scholarships, 
right mm-hmm. to students. Okay. Right. Then created universities around it, literally universities throughout Turkey abroad. Then he created prep centers, which are similar uh, to our Kaplan or Princeton Review. He created that. So that's the problem, right? That he's going after. He's trying to eradicate, and he's become a billionaire because he's created these solutions all over the world mm-hmm. to the point where now in the United States, he's opened up locations all throughout the United States doing just this, wow. right? Doing just this. Now you think about Oprah, Oprah, a lot of people are like, ah, oh, what does Oprah do? You know, she is, uh, she's interviewing people. She's got a network. She's got a magazine. She's got all this stuff. Well, I remember specifically sitting down mm-hmm. with Oprah and asking her, trying to get down to the point where, you know, what is it exactly? Like, <laughs> what, what, what is it? Because you're doing all these things, but like, why? Right. And, uh, and actually, what I like to say, too, is that I, the first interview that I ever did was actually interviewing Oprah. Right? Wow. It, she, we were working on set at Lovetown, right? So it was a show that I did with her on the Oprah Winfrey Network. And she surprised me. By she came on set and came into my into my office, a little makeshift office that they, they had set up for me, and I had this long uh, conversation with her. And at the end of the day, what Oprah is about is one thing very simple: she is about creating hope. Wow. That's it, plain and simple. And you can understand why she's become a billionaire yeah. because she creates hope for not hundreds of people, not thousands of people, not millions of people. But literally billions of people know Oprah Winfrey and associate what she does around creating hope. And so at the end of the day, when you want to become, you know, billionaire, millionaire, whatever it is, you come up with that solution for however many people <laughs> that, uh, you know, that, that, that you can reach. And, and I guarantee you, you'll make quote unquote that money. And the reason why is because of the way that the markets are structured, mm-hmm. right? It's just the way that, that, that it is. Um, but it's really fascinating when you look at it because they did. They created those solutions and they have been rewarded for those monetarily. Let me just kind of wrap my head around what you just said, because the, the power in that is you're right. People have looked at Oprah and they'll say she's a media mogul and they kind of attach all of these monikers to her about in terms of title. And a lot of times when we introduce ourselves, we introduce ourselves by our title. But what you just said is she could easily introduce herself by the results that she manifests, by the solution to the problem that she's addressing. And instead of saying, I'm Oprah, I'm a media mogul, I this, that, and the third, I create hope. She, she 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 could, but you know what's even more powerful for her mm-hmm. is that she doesn't have to announce herself at all. Right. You know that that's what's so powerful. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and uh, but you know the interesting thing is that we all fall within that, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, everyone has a brand, right? Doctor Shante, you have a brand. I have a brand. Mm-hmm. You know, the, whoever delivers our mail has a brand. Right. Our, our grandmother has a brand. Right. Everybody has a brand. And your brand is never what you say it is. Your brand is only what everyone else says your brand is, right? Your brand is about your reputation. It's built off of the actions as well as the inactions that you've taken throughout your life. And so when you think about 
who you who people perceive you to be right so you think about someone like oprah is because of the multitude of projects that she's done in her life because of the action that we've seen her take it's very easy to associate her with giving hope and i think that the um you know the positive thing for all of us is that this is something that we can consciously work towards because she consciously works towards it i mean Keep in mind, I mean, and I'm sure, you know, everyone listening could guess, like, she has a huge team of PR professionals and, you know, she's a huge team that is constantly, not only, um, that's constantly pushing the story that they want to be told of her. But that is very smart. That's what everyone should be doing. Everyone. Through our social media. Right. Through the tweets that we send out, through what we post on Instagram, through what we say on a on a podcast, through every bit of content that comes from our mouth or from our fingertips. All of these things collectively tell our story. And at the end of the day, that is the vehicle that we have to shape the the impression of our brand. And so that's what we always want to be you know, consciously aware of and pushing towards is, is shaping our brand. Believers, I hope you guys are taking copious notes because, you know, Paul is dropping golden nuggets. This is like the goose that laid the golden eggs right here, because I know I'm 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 so grateful and privileged that this content will live on. This is part of your digital legacy. A lot of times we don't think about, you know, our digital footprint and and what story that tells about us and who we are. But you're absolutely right. And every single piece of content that we generate and produce, that is telling that is a narrative. It is telling a story. And when you put that all together, hopefully it conveys the message that we are solving the problem that we set out to solve. So let's take a moment because you are doing quite a bit. And I know that it gets tiring because you are an entrepreneur and you are married and you have children and you know you need to have a life. At some point, I'm sure all of this gets very um, tiring. So where do you find the fuel and the faith, the connection to keep going when you get those moments of overwhelm and exhaustion? You know, I, I definitely quote unquote disconnected times. I mean, like I came home from an event last night. I got back at midnight. Um, my wife woke up. We um, ate a little food together and we watched an episode of Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, you know, went to sleep at like three in the morning. Right. Mm-hmm. That that was, you know, we, we always will get that time. But, you know, Dr. Shantae, quite honestly, I get my energy through my work. I mean, I'm passionate about this stuff. I mean, I could, I honestly, I honestly know, I mean, God is my witness. I could talk to you for the next eight to 10 hours about, we could just keep talking. You know, I love engaging with people. I love sharing what I, what I've learned. Like, I, I love it. You know, the interviews that I do on, on our world and what I'm doing with this new project, I love it. What we're doing in terms of convo and creating more resources and social capital for multicultural entrepreneurs, I love it. The fact that our matchmaking agency is actually putting people together who then get engaged and then married. Oh my God. And changing the course of their family. And, and it, for forever, like, I love it. Um, you know, so I love it. 
And so, and so what I try to do is I try to just not let it consume me because I can just do it all the time. And to not let it consume me, what I've learned is that I can't com- completely shut it off. Mm-hmm. So I incorporate my family with, within it. And what I mean by that is um, I've spoken several times where I'll bring my son who's five years old, but I'll bring him with me. And he'll get on stage with me sometimes. He's gotten on stage with me, right? At five. Like, uh, daddy, why am I up here? Right. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but the, the reason why is because, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm living, breathing, eating what, you know, these passions, this, this, these are my values. You know, at the end of the day, I, I truly believe that, you know, we all have values and no one's values are bad, by the way. We always think that if someone doesn't share our values, it's, they're bad, but they're not. They just have different values. Right. But, but my values are, uh, you know, it's my values of Christianity, um, ambition, right? Creativity, innovation, right? These are my values. And what I've realized is that I must continue to feed these values. That is what drives my happiness is by feeding my values. And the reason why my wife and I get along so well is because she has the same values Mm -hmm. and that's what keeps us strong as a unit because we're collectively feeding our values because we, we value the same thing. And what we're doing in a sense is shaping our two boys to have the same values. Now they can have completely different interests, right? Right. But the values I think are roughly there. And so at the end of the day, you know, um, I, I, uh, I may, you know, disconnect for an episode of, you know, like the walking dead, right. Mm-hmm. Um, or house of cards, but, uh, you know, I'm this, this is me all day, 24 seven. That's awesome. And I am definitely about that Netflix and snacks life. Um, <laughs> I kid you not. Every single email that I get as of late has been, I know you're really, really busy, but, and I'm thinking to myself, you have no idea. I'm sitting up here binge watching Daredevil. Like, okay, yeah. you know, like I just need to, as you said, disconnect. Um, so I want to, to, to charge you, uh, as it were, to leave our listeners with a call to action because some people are struggling in this journey, regardless of what we say. So it's, it's ironic that you mentioned social media. A lot of people tell a contrived narrative on social media that, Hey, everything is great. When in actuality, it's not great. When in actuality, things might be a hot mess and they're discouraged and they're thinking about tapping out on their dream or tapping out on the solution to the problem that they want to solve. And so for those people, how would you encourage them? How would you give them advice for those who are struggling to keep their dreams afloat? All right. This, this is a great question. Uh, really good question to, uh, to end on. Um, all right. I'll, I'll say two things. Okay. One is that you mentioned the whole, uh, basically folks on social media, you know, everyone is, is living out the dream on social media, but behind the, clo- the behind the curtain, right. Things are not as good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say something that probably a lot of people will disagree with, but I believe that in terms of managing your brand, you want to be authentic and you want to be, um, uh, you know, you need to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. but in the story that you tell online, uh, it needs to continue to show progressive wins. Mm. So within there, the, those wins there, there, you know, you can lose. That's fine. Everyone loses. You should share that. People will actually be more endeared when you share your setbacks. 
but you want to continue to convey a constant theme of winning. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, being an entrepreneur, everyone wants to be on a, a team that is winning and will win. Right. Right. No one wants to be on a team that is losing. And it's fascinating because I've seen this firsthand when I was working with Oprah, that was actually during the worst period that she considers in her career. Wow. That was when everyone was naysaying the Oprah Winfrey Network. That was when people were saying, oh, nobody's watching the Oprah Winfrey Network. That was when people were saying, oh, she made a mistake. She should have just stayed with her show. Mm-hmm. That's when that's when that was happening. Right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly when that was happening. And so here was a woman probably second in popularity to the Pope in the world. Right. And people were shading her, dissing her. Yes. I mean, people and, and people didn't want to do projects with Oprah. Wow. Can you imagine? They didn't want to do projects with her. Wow. And why is it? Not because she wasn't successful, because clearly she was successful. It was because they didn't believe she was going to win tomorrow. And this is a concept that I think is very important for us to understand is that we want to be with people who are going to win tomorrow, who we believe are going to win tomorrow. Right. And so in, in conveying that brand, you want to convey that you are going to be winning tomorrow. Right. So that's, I think that's, that's important. Um, but to get right to the question of, you know, what, what, what can you do is at the end of the day, realize this, our belief is our reality. Mm. Our belief is our reality. I see it play out all the time in business. People will say, you know what? This is, oh my God, I'm, I'm entering an industry, but it's really hard. You know, I won't be able to raise any money. You know, I'm not technical and I need a technical co-founder. And, you know, I just, ah, and guess what's going to happen? They're going to fail. They're going to fail. Their business is going to go bust if they even launch their business at all. But then you'll talk to someone who's in the same industry the same set of skills that says, you know what? I'm not a technical person, but I can get a technical co-founder because I'm non-technical. It'd be easier for me. This is the best time in the world to raise money. This is the best time in the world to start a business because there's more information and I can just teach myself. I don't need to get an MBA, right? There's that person. So that person that has a positive outlook, what's going to happen to them? Most likely a much higher probability of success. Our belief is our reality. And so the best thing that we can do, the best thing that every person listening to this right now can do is be ultra conscious around your belief. And how you do that is you protect what goes into your mind, Mm. protect what goes into your mind. You know, I will say this, and this is not me throwing shade at this, but I'm just going to say this is that I, um, I, I don't, I can't tell you one person who was on love and hip hop this past season. Come on with I, it. I, I can't, I can't tell you any of the real housewives. Now I don't even know who's on the real housewives. I can't tell you the reason why I can't tell you is because I don't have time for that kind of content because I am protecting my mind. So you want to be around podcasts like Dr. Shantae's podcast, right? You, you, you want to have, you want to read information that's going to help and improve your life. You want to surround yourself with people who are not going to be toxic and who are going to improve in your life, right? You want to continue to guard what comes into your life, what comes into your mind, what comes into your heart. 
And the reason why this is so important is because that's where you produce things. You produce things through your mind, through your heart. And so if you're taking in bad stuff, even if it's a little bit of bad stuff, your concepts are going to be a little bad. Right. right. (laughs) They're going to be a little off. Right. And so at the end of the day, protecting your belief is, is I believe the most important thing that you could do. So believers, let me tell you what's happening with me behind this microphone. You know how you sit in church and then when the preacher get to going, you start doing that <laughs> church rock back and forth because you got to hop up like and your hand go up like, all right. Now. That's exactly what was happening as Paul was talking, because in my mind, you better preach that. brother. But he's, he's absolutely right. The, the tagline of this show is believe bigger. You have to believe bigger than some of the content that does not serve us, some of the content that does not represent the best of who we can be. You have to believe bigger than that and and protecting, exactly as he said, protecting your center of production because what goes in, it will come out. And so I think that is a phenomenal way to end. So Paul, please tell us where people can follow up with you, where they can can find you, because I'm going to put all of your information in the show notes. But just in case somebody just wants to hear right now, where can they catch up with you? OK, I appreciate that. that well, one is I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on your podcast. Thank you very much. I'm humbled by it. Uh, these are great questions. As a matter of fact, you asked me some questions I've never, never been asked before. Uh, and so, uh, it's always appreciative when you get those. So, so thank you very much. Um, in, in terms of me, I'm real simple. I'm at Paul C. Brunson. So that's P-A-U-L-C-B-R-U-N-S-O-N everywhere, right? So at Paul C. Brunson on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or LinkedIn or, uh, my website is paulcbrunson.com, right? So if you just put in at Paul C. Brunson, you can get me. And then, uh, for any entrepreneur, that's listening to this that is interested in a community where you can get quality information, quality resources from other entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. My, uh, the new, uh, entity that I launched with my brother is called Convo, but it's CNVO.co. So it's Convo, CNVO.co. You can go on there. You can join our wait list. We're still in beta right now, but we'll be launching soon. Uh, and so I invite you to participate in a great community. Fantastic. And I will definitely be putting all of those links in the show notes and just want to end with the excitement that this is the first guest that I've had on this show that used the term throw shade. I'm just inspired <laughs> by that because I say that all the time because it happens within within the world that we work in. But thank you so much, Paul. And believers, if you guys have takeaways or little nuggets that you got from this show, please, by all means, tweet those at Dr. Shante says at Paul C. Brunson. And I will see you guys next time.